Before we get started, I just want to talk a little bit about our missing MMA pod from last week. Unfortunately, we had some really, really weird, rough um, sound issues, and Dan the Man and I were not, we, we, we recorded it, it exists, but it's it's really bad. You can barely understand Dan. So we, uh, we will be back tomorrow to talk about the crazy, crazy beatdown BJ Penn uh, suffered. That was That was kind of brutal to watch. But anyways, today's episode of the Goldcast, the Divisional Playoff Round, is sponsored by Jury Duty. Seriously, make sure you go to Jury Duty. It's like 1500 bucks if you miss, so the card says. So really, go to Jury Duty. It's your civic duty. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. <laughs> Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. And our esteemed co-host. Old Man Davis. Boom! You're back. Via satellite. I'm back. Via satellite. Back like the greatest black attack. Back like the Raiders black attack, no question. Well, welcome back, old man Davis. It has been uh, quite a ride for your Oakland Raiders, possibly soon to be Vegas Raiders. Let's talk a little bit about your journey because we really haven't spoken to you since you uh, proclaimed that no matter who was back there quarterbacking, the Raiders were going to go all the way. So let's talk about that. Well, first and foremost, I want to just congratulate Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, and Jack Del Rio, Coach De- Jack Del Rio, for an awesome season. Uh, this has by far been one of the best seasons I've, I've seen in the last decade. Over no the doubt. last decade. Keep going, old man, Davis. Let's do it. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> God, I missed him. And, uh, you know, I, I can say nothing but uh, great things. Uh, Blue Ribbons. Uh, gold stars for this uh, silver and black uh, roster. And I'm very excited for the upcoming season uh, later on this year. Uh, Happy New Year, uh, guys, and uh, let's go Goldcast. My absence has been truly missed, I know. And I will just say I had to step away from the mic because I was stricken with a sickness, an illness, that can never be repeated as long as the 49ers continue to have a sorry losing season. I came back from the dead. I am here to give you winning tradition. The silver and black are back. We are taking the silver cast live every Sunday for the 2017 season. Well, I'm glad you were able to use our platform to promote your podcast. I'm going to finish also by adding that Derek Carr going down was the big highlight of you throwing your tomatoes at me. But I'm going to say that's cheap shots, boys. What happened was something that can never happen again and will not happen again. A quarterback, your star quarterback, my star quarterback, goes down. 
just when you need him in the postseason and we're stuck with number two. I predicted that we would take it all the way down into Boston and the Patriots would stink against us and we would enter the Super Bowl down in Houston ready to play the NFC champion. What happened? Rookie Connor Cook came in. He did the best he could with what he knew, the tools he was given. And all I can say is, I'm not afraid to admit, we were the better team. We just didn't win that day. Yeah, no question. No question. I'll admit it was frustrating to watch because this week I felt like Houston had no business being there, and I really wanted to see the Raiders against the Patriots. I thought that would have been a great test for both football teams, and I wanted to see that shootout. Honestly, I did. It's 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 by far would have been would have been one of the uh, better matches to have seen. Uh, you know what we saw in that Houston defense against the Oakland Raiders was one thing, but then to go against the Patriots, Bill Belichick knew exactly how the Houston Texans were going to play. And Brock Osweiler, you know, he may have done okay as a quarterback against the Raiders, but he was no match against the Patriots' defense, let alone Bill Belichick's uh, strategy for the game. No. I mean, the def- the defense definitely put the hurt on Brady, but it didn't matter. They, they, still, they still, you know, racked it up. It didn't matter. I'm very excited for the Houston Texans next season as J.J. Watt uh, returns uh, in healthy form and add that with Clowney and uh, what's his name, Mensa or Menacing. Uh, (laughs) You put those three defensive players together and are you okay, old man Davis? You put those defensive players together, and uh, that's that's sure enough to uh, get them back into the playoffs again with the dirty, d- tough defense. Are you talking well, about the, the the Texans? That is. The oh yeah, I, I, I think the middle linebacker's name is Merciless. Merciless. Yeah, yeah. I like Mensa. I like Mensa better. It's a great name for a defender. It Merciless. is Merciless. It does. It reminds me of that old G.I. Joe, Mercer. Mm-hmm. Remember that little toy? The one that uh, betrayed the Cobras and went back to G.I. Joe? Yeah, yeah. He was part of uh, Sergeant Slaughter's Renegades. Yep, yep. Wow, that's right. They were called the Renegades. I forgot about that. That's pretty good. Anyways, we're going way off topic. Um, yeah, so they go down. You know, the, I felt like, I mean, it was really obvious during that game just how much of an impact Carr really has on the Raiders. Like, he truly is the heart and soul of that team. Um, but I just still thought that they had all the other weapons. It just seemed like they could have done something more. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not. I'm not. Not, with a, not with a third string rookie quarterback against that defense in the playoffs on the road. That's true. If there's anything to be said for it, Bill Musgrave is no longer with the Silver and Black. Uh, as you probably know, I've seen in the NFL headlines. Uh, He's gone on to be the quarterback coach for the Denver Broncos, and we wish him nothing but the good, best good luck to him. Yeah, that seemed a little uh, rash in my opinion. I wouldn't put it on 
him so much. I mean, if your reasoning is because he couldn't prepare a third-string rookie quarterback to play on the road in the playoffs for his first NFL start against the number one defense in the NFL, then uh, I think I think uh, I think the Raiders could are taking some 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 pages out of the 49ers' impatient playbook. Not only that, you had a second-string left tackle on the side of Jadavion Clowney. Are you kidding me? That was that's just a recipe for disaster as well. And they took full advantage of that the entire game. This definitely sounds like a gold cast. Oh god. So, anyways, yep, R.I.P. But you're back. You're here. Welcome. So let's talk about my favorite round of the playoffs, the divisional round, the round for men. All of the slacker teams are gone, and the only teams left are the ones that have men. None of these boys. So, (laughs) Green Bay at Dallas. I thought that was a killer game. That was really good. So the big talk this morning, and I want to hear what you guys think, and Ray, I want to start with you on this. The big talk this morning is that everybody was complaining, all the media pundits and sports analysts and whatnot, were complaining about the play calling of Dallas in the first half and complaining that they did not get Ezekiel Elliott involved quick enough, early enough. What do you say to that? Well, I think, I think overall, I think overall they didn't necessarily give him the touches he usually gets. He usually gets way more than 22 carries a game. And I think that the fact that they were running effectively against Green Bay, I mean, they were running with ease. I mean, the the running game was having an easier time than the passing game. Although uh, Dak Prescott did put up uh, good numbers, you know, overall, if you put them side by side to Aaron Rodgers, they're they're comparable for sure. He even had three touchdown passes to to Rodgers too. But um. What I will say is that uh, I, I found that odd because this is a running back that had over well over 300 carries in his rookie season behind the best offensive line in the NFL. And even though he amassed well over 100 yards rushing that day, it was only off of 22 carries. So that, to me, is telling me right there that the Green Bay's having a hard time stopping him if he has that many yards on those kind of carries. I mean, that's 22 carries. That's more like a Frank Gore kind of game. Uh, for a rookie like Ezekiel Elliott, uh, it's the style he runs and the fact that he, I mean, his his when a a good stop for Green Bay was like when he got four yards versus like six or seven. So I, I think I def- definitely think he was underplayed. And if Dallas was smart, I I don't necessarily put a lot of whenever it comes to the playoffs and you know getting you know, making those kind of minute chess moves that, that make a, a, a small, uh, that, that might seem that are minute in, in the macro, but have a huge impact or in, in the micro, but have a huge impact on the macro aspect of the game. Those are really the difference between like great coaches and good coaches. And Jason Garrett is definitely like a good coach, but not necessarily a great coach because he doesn't have that forethought, that chess mind that says, I need to do this this make this adjustment here because this is not working. It's okay to not be balanced and to say, we're just going to run it down your throat because you can't seem to stop us. I think that would have definitely put a huge, uh, would have given them a better shot. Although t- to be honest, to be perfectly fair, 
Dallas came all the way back. I mean, in the third quarter when they had that interception, and I thought I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to put the dagger, at least one of the big daggers, and go up 35 to 13. And instead, he throws a pick inside the red zone, and then it oh flipped, that was huge. And then it, it completely swung the game back in Dallas's favor, and that's when they came back and tied the game altogether. Um, that was mm-hmm. huge. So that that so clearly, I mean. Here's the thing. If, if you look at it from that perspective, then I think you need to give a little bit more leeway, although at the same time, I still think there are moments within some of those drives where if you're Dallas, you've got to be thinking, hey, let's just continue to feed the rock because they're not stopping the rock. Well, Dallas was super shook. I mean, they looked really shook in the first half. I thought the, the whole team just looked shook, and you could see the youth um, especially with uh, Prescott. I mean, you could just, yeah, he just looked spooked. I thought he looked really spooked. And it a lot took of about... experience on the field, and they it was very obvious, only scoring three points in that first half. You could tell that you have players in there that were, were totally unfamiliar with that territory postseason. It's a, yeah, it's a whole different deal. You know, it's a whole different deal. The stakes, the intensity you know, um, the matchups and how quickly you have to change on a dime. And, you know, they, uh, yeah, Ray, I thought that was a good point about uh, the coaching and bringing that up for sure. But I mean, literally they kind of walked away from their identity all year in the first half. Um, you know, why? I don't know. You know, some, I did see somewhere that they were saying that maybe what Dallas was trying to do was mimic sort of what New York, uh, what, what, yeah, what New York was doing um, in, last week but it wasn't working, you know, like trying to do a more aggressive passing game and try to expose Green Bay secondary. But yeah, it, it wasn't working, you know. Well, so. they, they wanted to they wanted to they wanted to play a balanced game, which I can't fault them for wanting to do that, especially when when you're running as good as Ezekiel Elliott was, what was working against Green Bay too on the passing side of the of the game was the play action pass. Because you you can't stop Ezekiel Elliott. If you cannot stop the run, you that is that is football 101 if you can't stop the run then you have an easy green light for play action pass and Dallas was doing that perfectly they weren't they weren't stopping those throws they weren't they weren't stopping those catches so that that part was good but but it wasn't but the but the other half of the passing game when you weren't using play action pass that was the part that wasn't working because it wasn't giving them that advantageous edge where it's like the runner is going to be stopped for maybe a second, which is going to give enough enough room for Dak Prescott to make those throws. And that's what the play-action pass does. It, 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 stop, it's, it pauses the defense. It freezes them for just enough time to allow your receivers to get open for that that small little window. But whenever they went, they weren't doing a play-action pass, that's when Green Bay was had enough was 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 bending enough but not breaking on the secondary to get enough stops to to hold them Mm -hmm. i thought it was interesting to see Dak uh, pass the ball more and uh, commit staying in the pocket uh, when he when he was able to do that and if he didn't he ran and it was all almost unbelievable to see because maybe it would have been out of his comfort of what he's been known to do during the season. Um, And to see him perform, he did stay up to par with Aaron Rodgers. uh, He did did hang in there for the most part. You're right about that. 
I mean, they really did have the they on paper. They really do have the better team. The problem was is that they it was too little, too late. They showed up too late, and time ran out. And honestly, Aaron Rodgers is, geez, he's just insane right now. He's just playing out of his mind. It's insane what he's doing. He's yeah, I mean, so... even even when Dallas got that field goal, and I'm like, oh, they're they're up, they're up. Here we go. Um, I was like, <laughs> it's they have less than a minute left. I said that's enough time for Aaron Rodgers to march downfield to get at least within field goal range. And sure and enough, that pass, that pass to Jared Cook, what the hell was that? I, I and you know I thought it was I thought it was incomplete for uh, at first too. I was like, oh, so close. What? Oh, there were a couple of those throughout the game that he that he uh, seemed it right through them. Oh, and then how about the fact that he didn't fumble that ball on that sack? That sack came in at a 1,000 miles an hour. He's holding the ball in one hand. How does he not? I mean, every quarterback fumbles that ball in that hit. They drop it. How does he not? And he never even put, I don't even know if he got two hands on it. I don't remember him getting two hands on it. It's the size of the hands, baby. Yeah, that was yeah. That's where size does matter. Yeah, but yeah, he's impressive. he's un, he's unreal. I mean, his passing ability is great. The only other quarterback that threw that accurate uh, was Steve Young, of course. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is is definitely on another level in terms of uh, completion percentage or just completion, just his his ability to complete passes. Well, Very worth the entertainment price of, uh, of a Sunday game uh, by by any means. Uh, lastly, I would say, given the four remaining teams, one thing that they all share are superstar quarterbacks. And that, yes. red and gold, should focus their attention on in the upcoming offseason. Oh, it's going to happen, don't you worry. We're going to talk about a little bit about that right now, but before... First of all, though, one last thing. I greatly enjoyed watching the Seahawks get routed. That was beautiful. It was literally beautiful. Oh, yeah. Atlanta chewed them up and spit them out. And the X Factor, I mean, uh, people are giving Kyle. I think, I definitely think that the win over Seattle gives, bolsters Kyle Shanahan's chances for becoming the head coach of the 49ers, which we'll get to. But at the same time, uh, I'm going to give a little bit more credit to Dan Quinn because he used to run that defense. That's the man who took that defense to back-to-back Super Bowls. So if there's anybody who's going to be an X factor to really figure those guys out and 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 be able to to expose them, it's Dan Quinn. Now, of course, it was a collaborative effort, obviously, between Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan, but I'm going to give the the edge in terms of credit to Dan Quinn just because he was he was the head of that unit. And we didn't consider that. That was like, remember we talked about that I after. Know. I, don't we were, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know what, yeah, had I thought about that for even a minute I would have said. Week, I would have said Atlanta instead of Seattle. Yeah. We chose Seattle, old man Davis. We chose Seattle instead so of. So it's four no, four no wild card and two and two in division. I would have told you to take Atlanta. You you felt like Atlanta was going to win. For sure. Now yeah. why? I want to hear your reasoning. Because they won. Because. <laughs> 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 Oh, there it is. There it is. Um, 
Yeah, not much to talk about on the AFC side. I thought, um, again, okay, a, another pick we got wrong. All You know, it's so funny because all year I kept talking about how I don't trust Andy Reid in the post. Louie came on and pulled me back to earth when I said, I think they have a shot. And he's like, dude, Andy Reid. And I'm like, you're right. I've been talking about this when you were gone. And and then I forgot. And then what happens? We we still go with KC. And then what happens? They lose. Again, for the bazillionth time, Andy Reid's team loses in the post. And They lose, you know, although the, at the end of that two-point conversion, that was a self-inflicted wound with the holding call um, on Fisher. He just did not did not play the technique right. I mean, I, obviously James Harrison was beating him on the edge as he does. Still, God, he's still playing like he's 20, 25, and he's like 45. But even then, you, what he should have done instead of wrap, once once you hook the arm, even though you're not grabbing a jersey, that still counts as a hold, and you're, you're going to get called that nine times out of ten. What he should have done was just play the edge and use James Harrison's momentum against him to put to push him out of the play instead of instead of trying to instead of hooking him and getting that call it was just terrible terrible technique on Fisher's part and he blew it he totally blew it there was but there was a Travis Kelsey dropped a pass that was inside the red zone that that obviously would have helped KC and Andy Reid of course played a part in just mismanaging the clock which he always does mm-hmm. old man Davis how happy did it make you feel to watch your rival fall uh, nothing more better than to see an Alex Smith, Andy Reid team go down. And not just because they took us down two games straight during the regular season. But what I am more impressed about is, is that my pick for the playoffs, everybody else sat and looked elsewhere because I was the old crazy one. Well, I'm here That's to share true. with you the Steelers are the real deal. Defense and offense, they're a complete team. And that's going to be a game against the Patriots. I see four teams here. The Patriots, the Falcons, the Steelers. That's four teams. <laughs> the Packers. And the Packers. They've all had horrible beginning of the season standings. And then they've ro- risen from the dead. And they're now in the playoffs. Is it any surprise that these four teams are in? They're in just... They, they played well during the season just enough to get into the playoffs. And it's not about playing perfect football. It's about playing the games that you know you can win and then just winning enough games to where you can get into the playoffs. And whoever you play, you can probably beat them. And these four teams are are capable of doing either of that, whether they were a wild card team or uh, a team that had bye weeks. Fair enough. I mean, they do. They have experience. They have incredible quarterbacks, and they definitely got it done. So let's move on, gents. That is a great place to move on. Championship Sunday. 
Championship Sunday this year has some major possible implications on the NFC side for the 49ers. If you know, we've got Green Bay versus uh, Green Bay versus Atlanta. Kyle Shanahan is the offensive coordinator for Atlanta, and apparently is the new front runner for the co- head coaching position in San Francisco now that Josh McDaniels has pulled out from the race for like the billionth time. And then the apparently the executives that have interviewed from Green Bay with San Francisco are the front runners for the GM job. So whoever loses, there is a strong possibility that the 49ers will announce one of those people as being either the new GM or the new head coach. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, Raymond, I just want to hear your thoughts on on either direction. I mean, this is if you guys have seen my tweets, I've been begging for McDaniels and Green Bay, and now you know McDaniels is out. So now I want Shanahan and Green Bay. But I want from these two trees, or the McDaniel tree was great, but I want from these lineages. But Raymond, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Well, to me, of the remaining candidates, I would have been happy with either, even. Even before it came down to Shanahan, Cable, and McDaniel's, I would have been even happy with the wild card in McVeigh. McVeigh and Shanahan are kind of the two wild cards because they're young. They've never been in the position before. A lot of people think they need experience. I don't think Tom Cable's that answer. Some people even mentioned Mike Smith. No, thank you. I, I, although Mike Smith did build Atlanta up f- from the ground up and, and made them into an NFC championship competing team. But he was just never, never could get over that hump, and uh, they're looking for someone to either get in on that hump that's either done it before, or been part of a culture and franchise that has done it before, which is why Josh McDaniels was the number one pick, or somebody who come who has enough experience that could potentially be that next type of coach, which I think Kyle Shanahan fits that bill best of the two young guys. He had a longer resume than Sean McVay, although Sean McVay has has a nice resume under him, although although his his stint now now he's in LA I think he's gonna have a really difficult time considering that he has no picks to work with although he did widely wisely choose uh, Wade Phillips as defensive coordinator which was a good hire on his part but going mm-hmm. back to the 49ers I wouldn't go to here's the thing if Tom Cable's the guy then we should probably hear an announcement tomorrow because today as of this recording this is Monday they've already spoken to both of the personnel guys for Seattle. They spoke to the co-director of player personnel, Trent Kirchner, and they also spoke to the uh, Scott Fitter, who's also the uh, co-director of player personnel. One is co-director of player personnel on the pro side, one's part of the pro side, one's part of the college side. Either way, they both work together in collaboration over there at Seattle, and Seattle has done a great job. Uh, keeping good players within that system, uh, uh, working under some of the veterans, although I haven't seen a lot of guys come up just because a lot, of the, a lot of the players that come from that original Super Bowl team are still still playing at a fairly high level. So, But at the same time, so Tom Cable was on Sunday. Kirchner and Fitterer were today. So if, if Tom Cable's the guy, then we'll probably hear an announcement tomorrow. If not, then you know that they are waiting for Kyle Shanahan. That's how I see it. God, I, I hope we don't do Tom Cable. I hope so, too. I, I just don't. Uh, he did not have a good run in the Raiders, and I know he had some off-the-field issues that are obviously more prominent than his shortcomings on the team, but I think you have to take both into consideration, not just what what's, but, you know what allegations were on him 
outside of football, but he also need to just look at his body of work with the Raiders, which he did not do anything. You know, he didn't do anything. Didn't didn't bring them back to the promised land. That's for sure. So, you know, take that back. Tom Cable is a excellent offensive line coach. And that's, and that's exactly <laughs> where he belongs. What they were able to do this season. And and you know, I mean, and you know, we've seen the amount of success the 49ers have when they pick a, a line coach to be the head coach. I mean, we, we've seen it in real time. That's true. But the difference between Tom H- Cable and Jim Tom Sula is that Tom Sula never was a head coach. He just was a position coach. At least in Tom Cable's case, he does have head coaching experience, just doesn't have successful head coaching experience, which is why if I was a betting man and I had to bet for the guy who's failed at the job, I mean, you could say the same thing about Josh McDaniels, although the difference is Josh McDaniels has been part of a winning franchise, including all four Super Bowls that the Colts are the Colts that the Patriots have won. So there, there is a difference with between the two, but, the thing is, you're talking about, you know, he's a position coach now, but I still don't think he's the answer. I think Kyle Shanahan's your guy because he's been an offensive coordinator for nine years. He's had, he's progressed not only as a coordinator, but he's progressed and and helped every team he's been a part of, including working with a variety of different quarterbacks. Matt Schaub had his best year under Kyle Shanahan. Kirk Cousins thrived under Kyle Shanahan before McVay took over. And, of course, he's made Matt Ryan, although, to be fair, Matt Ryan was already a top-10 quarterback, three-time Pro Bowler prior to Shanahan coming over. However, this year he made him look like a top-three quarterback and put him into MVP consideration. So that there's something to be said about that, although it's a little bit easier when you have a, a caliber of, of, of Matt Ryan's quality. But still, um, I think he's the guy because uh, there's only two candidates left, and if, if I was a betting man, I would take my bet on, on the new guy versus the old guy. I want to ask you, 49er land, Goldcast, Jed York, Where's your hair? But more important, <laughs> Tom Cable is not the pick you want. You will be living in pain and agony with that coach if you cannot get Kyle Shanahan to sign on the dotted line. He needs to be the coach. He's young. Ray's already said everything good about him, so I don't need to add to what he's already said. But he has produced and built up a lot of good quarterbacks in his time. And I Mm -hmm. don't see the 49er organization can't do whatever they need to do to get him to sign. Kyle knows at this point, The ball is really in his court, and he can command whatever he wants at this time. And that's a good thing for him. Now it's just a matter of whether or not the 49ers want to give in. Pay the man. Pay the man. I think you should. You know, you also get a bonus. You get get a kind of – you get a free – a free counselor in terms of – 
in terms of his dad, Mike Shanahan, because you know he's going to be in his son's ear. What what father wouldn't? So if you hire Kyle Shanahan, not only do you get youth, you get experience, you get uh, proven experience at the offensive side of the football. You also get a quarterback guru, but you also get uh, his father, who is a former proven coach, former 49er offensive coordinator, and who's going to be in his ear providing counsel as well as player personnel advice. There you go. All right, gents, let's look at the lines and make our picks for Championship Sunday. So let's start with Pittsburgh at New England. New England is five-and-a-half-point favorites. The question is, do you take that bet? Old Man Davis, let's start with you. No, you don't take that bet. Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take this game. Ooh, what's the spread for you? By how many? Pittsburgh by six. Ooh. Raymond? I'm also in agreement with Old Man Davis. I think you definitely take Pittsburgh. They've been playing stout defense, although to be fair, Miami and KC don't pack the same offensive prowess that New England does. However, I do think it will be enough because they know Tom Brady. They're not intimidated by Tom Brady, and they're just going to bring that same mentality. They've they've beaten two teams on the road in hostile environments. Uh, KC's a lot more hostile than Miami, and I also think that Foxborough or uh, that uh, Foxborough is not as intimidating as Arrowhead. So I think it'll be a little bit easier for the defense, and I think they're going to give it to give it to Tom Brady, and they certainly can take some pages out of what Houston was able to to do in the first half of that game. Mm, interesting, interesting. I, I definitely – I'm picking with my heart, and I want Pittsburgh to win for sure. But uh, I don't know if they can, but that, I'm going with my heart on that one too. All right, so the big one, the one that literally – the 49ers future could possibly hang in the balance green bay packers at atlanta falcons the falcons are four and a half point favorites the question is gentlemen do you take that bet raymond i think you take it but do you think you definitely want it to go over because atlanta has a much better defense than dallas at home they were excellent against Seattle, which Seattle has a great, great offense. It's just sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't, and sometimes they're their own worst enemy. But in in the case of the Atlanta game, they were they pressured Russell Wilson, who is a mobile quarterback, even more mobile than Aaron Rodgers. They were able to contain him, not only his passing but also his running, and he was pressured more over fifty percent of the time of all of his dropbacks. Uh, against Atlanta that is going to be a tough task for even Aaron Rodgers even though he is a superior quarterback than Russell Wilson that but if they pressure him more than half the time Aaron Rodgers will not have a field day even the great Aaron Rodgers can be can be rattled if you apply pressure to him and if Atlanta does what they did against Russell Wilson then Atlanta's going to have their way so I definitely think you take that bet but I think you go for the over oh wow old man Davis what do you think Packers at Falcons. Looking at the defenses and the offenses, the Falcons are far the more complete team of the two. Uh, two very good quarterbacks, and I'm I'm, I'm excited about this game. Uh, although I think the uh, AFC uh, Championship game is going to be a far more uh, competitive game. This one uh, looks to be a. Uh, a duel of 
of the passing game. And against that Green Bay secondary, they have no chance. Matt Ryan's just going to keep on throwing the ball, and it's all up to the receivers just to make plays and score touchdowns. Yeah, if, if Seattle and Dallas were able to put up 20 and 31 points, a rookie quarterback in Dallas, then imagine what Matt Ryan's going to be able to do to that secondary. Mm. Mm. Green, Bay, Green Bay's just running on fumes at this at this point because if what you saw Dallas do to Aaron Rodgers, Atlanta's only capable of getting to him faster. Mm. Uh, they definitely have the experience. They've been here before recently um and it's a much better team this time and i think they have a lot more confidence i really want to see aaron Rodgers do it because he's just playing out of his mind right now i just would love this is like the first time i've ever even rooted for him i would love to see the packers go all the way to the super bowl and just win the whole damn thing but i'm kind of in agreement with you guys that i do think atlanta is going to win my heart wants the packers but my mind says atlanta's is going to pull it out so there we I, are, say, oh, I say with Ray over four. Over four, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I, I, I think I would say I, I think you go under. I think I, I pick Atlanta under. Yeah. Well, anyways, it's going to be really good. I, I'm in disagreement with you, old man Davis. I think both games are going to be stellar. That's why you have under for Atlanta. There you go. Yep. Raymond, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thegoldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at thegoldcast underscore. We have recently changed it, so now it says thegoldcast underscore. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. That way you can get notifications on all of our episodes as they become live to the web. You can stay on top of that. Stay on top of it. Stay on top of it. Do it. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. You can also find me on Facebook. Although most of the time I am managing the Facebook Gold Pass page, so that is the best way to get a hold of me and get a direct answer if you care to interview or interview. You can. (laughs) (laughs) But if you care to... Uh, interact with me or any of the other Goldcast members on the Goldcast page on any of the articles that we post up. Which, by the way, uh, I'm going to throw a little salt at at the fans today. This came out today from a writer, a Bay Area, Bay Area journalist. He looks really young. He must be brand new. David J. Barclay III on Twitter says, Per source, Chargers quarterback Phillip Rivers is not interested in move to L.A. and 49ers are interested suitors. So take that for what you will. Uh, this is kind of a I'll believe it when I see it scenario. So I think I, uh, I think the appropriate comment here is uh, pass the salt, please. Yep, yep. I don't believe it at all. Yeah, you, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Rudy Solis third, Rudy Solis three R D. Oh man, Davis, where can they find you? That depends on on the Forty ers and whether or not they want to hire Tom Cable. Or Kyle Shanahan. If uh, we uh, see a coach, uh, Tom Cable, in the upcoming uh, days. Tomorrow up. tomorrow we'll know. If it's Tom Cable, we'll know tomorrow. Tomorrow morning there will be rumors flying out saying Niners prepared to make to make an offer to Tom Cable. That's what we'll see. If, I if, will be if, so if, sad. Nothing, if nothing comes out, then you know it's Kyle Shanahan. Simple as that. Well, 
Tom Cable, then that means I'm going to be helping uh, the 49ers uh, and the Goldcast look for our uh, 2018 uh, head coach for the 49ers. <laughs> uh, 100%. Kyle Shanahan, uh, you'll be uh, damn sure I'll be uh, sticking it to Mike um, Shanahan and uh, and what he's uh, and uh, the time that he and I go back uh, in L.A. Well, there it is. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. And our esteemed co-host. Old Man Davis. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.